What's up, Pantalones? Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tump, the weekly show in which we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into your microphones. I'm your host, Jimmy Uthi, joined by my co-host, Holden Sutter. Looking at your script, Jimmy, you already went off script. It says, hola, Pantalones, and you went, what's up? You know I'm getting what? pretty wild Sometimes this you gotta week. Just, you gotta just go <sighs> I just cracked my fingers really hard. <laughs> I like sat on them. Oh. Instant karma. Uh, we've got a great show for you this week featuring our non-spoiler review and spoiler review of Stephen King's Dr. Sleep. Holden, let's do it. That one movie podcast. But first, we need to play the Toms. Okay. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. What are the Toms, Jimmy? I'm glad you asked, Holden. Toms is a rapid-fire game in which we rate the news from this week in the world of entertainment based on a scale of three famous Toms. Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest rating. Bombadil is the lowest. And Bergeron is somewhere in between. Let's get started, Holden. Sorry, Jimmy. I'm just so tired. I want to get to talking about Dr. Sleep. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, you got to hold your horses there. Damn. <laughs> uh, Holden, you know that, that week off where you did the episode notes? I think it, it helped me recover. That's I, good. I You're back? I didn't butcher any of those severely. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't looked at the news at all. Actually, I have over the course of the week, but we'll see if, how well you do this week, huh? So you're just lying to me. Yeah. That's a good way. You you <laughs> you mock me? <laughs> well, you didn't mock me. I guess you just criticized I, me for going off script, saying, what's up, Pantalones? I think uh, from now on, me and Jimmy are going to be switching off every other week. Um, I think you should just take over. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> I like doing the color commentary sometimes, Jimmy. You it's do, what I was you, raised on. How about you podcast. do 99 of 100? Episodes? Yeah, the notes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do the other one. Oh, okay. I'll do the Star Wars we'll one. We'll talk so about that once we get it. to 100 episodes, huh? Okay. <laughs> we're almost there. We're, we're chugging along. Anyway, hold on. Let's get started, huh? Mm-hmm. Invisible Man trailer. Did you see it? I, I, you know I saw it, Jimmy. It played before Dr. Sleep. I didn't see it. I couldn't. Because <laughs> it's invisible. <laughs> uh, invisible Man trailer. It is written. Well, the trailer's not. But Invisible Man, the Invisible Man, the film, is written, directed, and produced by Lee Wanell, who, mm-hmm. of course, I love because he is the mastermind behind the original Saw. Saw. And, uh, and behind he's a the lot star of, the of Saw. He's a great actor. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he also did Upgrade, which came out a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, I really want to see it. I've seen, I've seen it. He's it's done pretty good. He's he's done he's done a lot of the other Saw movies. He's been a writer on it and a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has a, a like a little cameo in Aquaman. Yeah, I he's seen a pilot. It, yeah, um, he's an Australian guy. He everybody who knows him really likes him. He mm-hmm. just seems like a really funny, down to earth guy, and I like that. And he made one of the best films of all time, as in Saw. Yeah, and his Aquaman. acting in that, and his <laughs> acting in Saw is so bad that it just it, it's it, endearing. It, it, it adds to, steal, to the movie. Yeah, it's endearing to steal a word from last week's episode. Anyway, Holden, what were your thoughts on the Invisible Man trailer? Uh, it it looks pretty good. I'm I'm interested uh, to see 
Well, I okay. I'm kind of mixed on it. I think it looks really cool. Like Elizabeth Moss is a great actress, and I love to see her in things. She was good in Us. She was in Us. I don't know if you remember that. Is she one of the white parents? Yeah. Um, but she's also she's the star of Handmaid's Tale. She's very good in that. Yes. Um, but haven't seen it. Just agreeing with you, making you look really smart. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I the trailer seemed to like like go through a lot of the story beats i felt like yeah, it, it, yeah i think it did reveal for being invisible it did reveal too much <laughs> there I, were yeah, certain I things agree. especially towards the end of the trailer mm. that i was like oh i didn't want to know that yeah i mean who knows I mean, we never know if there's gonna be more surprises in the movie until we see it or it, twist it just ending felt like a lot oh yeah much like one of Leland's other movies um, but no, I, I, it looks interesting, but I'm just hoping there's more to it than what the trailer shows. I agree. I'm interested. I'm rooting for Leonel. It's and not I'm, connected to the dark universe, despite, despite the fact I wish it was. I think it looks entertaining. Yeah. Much yeah. like the dark universe, the mummy. I'm going to give it a Brokaw. I'll give it a Brokaw as well. Holden, you hear of this Joe Quinn Phoenix? I'm some, aware of him. Some people mispronounce his name as Joaquin, but we don't make that mistake we, here. We know how it is. Walk, Joe, Joe Quinn, <laughs> Joe Quinn, we got your, uh, we got your back. Uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix, as they say, made some fake posters for the Joker 2 that he shared with Todd Phillips. He like made these custom fake ones. He had like a whole photo shoot mm -hmm. where he reenacted did you see this no where he reenacted like some famous posters like rosemary's baby and stuff like was that was he in the joker get up i guess i they i don't think they're online i think he just kind of privately made them and handed them over to todd phillips but it seems like he's open to making a sequel in some of his statements and it's going to be made um yes with the there's, success of the it's no way they're not going to try to push for a joker sequel it is one of the most profitable movies ever mm -hmm. uh based on the budget um to how much it grossed uh so phoenix is open to opening phoenix is open to making a <laughs> sequel but in his words it couldn't just be this wild and crazy movie about the crown prince of crime crown prince of crime jimmy clown prince of crime there we go there we go got it <laughs> that just doesn't interest us it would have to have some thematic resonance in a similar way that this does okay there i mean go. that's good I'm down for that, uh, for him holding out like that. But at the same time, like, feel like the studio will just keep pushing it, even if they don't. And have if a you good don't idea. do it, Harrison Ford will. He sure will. <laughs> He'll do anything I'll for the money. I'll be the Joker. <laughs> Give then me we'll have an even million dollars. Then we'll have an even older Joker for the Batman to fight. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> uh, I'll give this a Bertrand. I guess it seems kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to give it a Brokaw just because, you know, if Joaquin and Todd Phillips are both on board and they've got good ideas, you know, that's that's good. I mean, it's I'm 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 open to see more because I really liked the first movie. So, yeah, I mean, even though I think it works on its own. So I guess maybe it is a Bergeron. I'm mixed. Yeah. Bergeron. That was, a, that was a journey I went on. right. That there. was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that was some character development. Uh, Paramount is making another paranormal activity movie. It is set to be released in 2021. Oh, it will be the wait. series seventh installment. Oh, yes. You're catching up to saw, but you're not going to, yes. you're not going to beat them. 
Paranormal Activity. This follows Paranormal Activity 1, Paranormal Activity 2, Paranormal Activity 3, Paranormal Activity 4, Paranormal, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, and Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. How do I know all that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. I've seen the first one, and it's okay. And the rest of them are probably a lot worse. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to give this a Bombadil. Yeah, I thought I, we were I can't done. Im- I can't imagine there's anything they can bring to this series to make it unique and original. Yeah, it, it, every movie, every movie poster is the same thing. I could not distinguish which movie is which just because they all look the same, and I'm sure this one will be no different. Uh, yeah, let me give it a bombadil. There we go. Uh, James Dean. This is the big news from the week. I think um, James Dean is being resurrected from the dead via CGI to act in a supporting role in the upcoming film Finding Jack. Is this ethical? bringing back James Dean and how does it compare to like Carrie Fisher's role in the rise of Skywalker or maybe even more relevant uh, Peter Cushing coming back for as Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One I'm curious to see if when they bring him back they're going to use him to promote Jimmy Dean sausages his famous (laughs) sausage brand that he definitely made <laughs> That's your comment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is this ethical? <laughs> well, well, we know that's not ethical. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't. Well, okay, because they're bringing him back, and it seems like it's for like a full film role, and he, it's not like it's not like a Orson Welles. Uh, scenario where they like just finished a movie that he hadn't finished. It, this is like a new movie. I don't know. Like literally, it's um, someone on someone dressed in mocap on set, yeah. and then they're putting him over it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I think I don't like it because a James Dean, like you're literally using his image without his consent. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. So like, well, I mean, in a legal sense, uh, I should I should know uh, about I- use of images because I'm in a class that talks about it. And right now, legally, his family is um, his family is a reportedly okay with it. From what I read, uh, the studio said that they talked to his estate and there they've gotten the okay from them. So from a legal standpoint, it's okay. B, uh, I think this is bad for all other actors i agree that's that's why i'm mixed on it because you know a i'm i'm using i'm like i'm like a b (laughs) subhead 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 one roman numeral (laughs) roman numeral no it's regular number one um (laughs) then lowercase letter (laughs) because then it's like acting is okay how are you supposed to like emerge as an actor if they're just going to be cgiing all these famous actors yeah and de-aging everybody and i I hope it just doesn't become a trope that and i think what's the point of doing that if it's not them like an actor is half the the way they look and the way they act and then also what they bring like changes they bring like Mm -hmm. oh i think this character would do this their interpretations of characters that's like half of what acting is Wow, look how the tables have turned, Jimbo. <laughs> this time, my computer couldn't handle it. <laughs> it just timed out. Luckily, Jimmy caught it right away, but yeah. still. It, you know, uh, it's, it's always been me in the past, but now look at him. Yeah. 
It's, you know, you know, I'm really, I'm really becoming the star of this podcast. Jimmy wants me to take over as as a news writer, and now he, look at him. He's I think taking it's my the role. ghost of James Dean. He doesn't like that we're talking about him. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't like that we're not supporting the use of his likeness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James Dean. Um, I think it's it's a very slippery slope. I don't I don't think it should be done. Um. But then it's like, should bringing back uh, Cushing for as Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One should that have happened? Because mm. he was dead. Yeah, you know. But like, well, you know, do I, you recast the character if it's a pre-existing character? Is that okay? Well, we can get and into if that when we get thing? to Doctor Sleep. Am I right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> bum bum bum. <laughs> um, I do think it's ethical for Carrie Fisher. Because it was already footage used. They didn't CGI yeah, anything Yeah, no, I, I don't think anyone's questioning Carrie Fisher. Especially yeah. since her brother and everyone's like, yeah, she'd be cool with it. Yeah. But I think uh, I think this is nethical, as in not ethical. Just what say not going, ethical. What are you going with, <laughs> ethical or nethical? I'm going to go with not ethical. So neither of those options. I'm going to go with Bombadil. That's what I'm going with. Fine, I'll give it a Bombadil as well. Speaking of Carrie Fisher Holden, you like that segue? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> she was originally going to have a much larger role in episode nine. Uh, and she was apparently going to even wield the lightsaber. Uh, oh. But sounds like that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, using the pre-existing footage from The Force Awakens, which is unfortunate. Because I think it would be cool to see Leia with the lightsaber. Holden, what's your reactions? Uh, that's, I, I guess interesting that they would do that but i don't know um i feel like maybe that would have been like i don't know i don't know how i feel about that maybe it's just because i don't care about star wars i don't <laughs> don't have a strong i think you're just a way. sexist Hold yeah on. that's it no i mean it, it, it would have been cool to see her wield a lightsaber but i also feel like that would have been like the really obvious thing to do or like for her last movie i don't know Okay. <laughs> I think she I think should, it's almost better. I think she she's... should get shot out in the same scene where um what Admiral Akbar dies and then she's just floating in space and maybe she's dead, but then she force flings herself back into a ship and then she's in a coma for a while, but then she gets back awake and she yells at, at uh Poe for a while. Oh wait, wow. they did that. <laughs> wow, good one. <laughs> uh, I think that would have played out the same way whether whether or not she died. I am going to give this a this is hard to score. I'm gonna give it a Bergeron because I wish we could have seen what it would have been like, but I'm still really curious to see how they incorporated Carrie Fisher and JJ Abrams seems to think it fit really well, the stuff yeah. from the Force Awakens. I will also give it a Bergeron. That seems like the obvious thing to do in your last episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm replacing you. This is my last episode? Yep. What? I'm replacing you with the dog. Robert De Niro. By, <laughs> the Robert De Niro. What are you doing here, Robert? Hey, Tony. Hey, Robert. Tony, what's Tony doing? <laughs> hey, Tony. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, Jimmy, I heard you started get, Raging we, uh, Bull, huh? <laughs> I did. We'll, get, we'll talk about we'll this, talk about this it stuff later. later. Settle we got down. some stuff to say. Settle, settle down, Bobby D, huh? <laughs> anyway, David Sandberg, director of Lights Out, Annabelle Creation, and Shazam, 
has signed with Netflix to make a horror movie entitled The Unsound. It's based huh. on a graphic novel that has a setting of an insane asylum. Interesting. So, uh, this, yeah. this is actually kind of cool. So I just listened to um, one of my other podcasts I listened to, Sardonicast. Um, they, uh, they're another movie podcast, but they actually had David Sandberg on this week's episode. So that's a fun coincidence. Uh, they had David Sandberg on... And they kind of. When did do we have scheduled? When do we have them scheduled? To come I think in? we have them like uh, three months from now. Yeah. We got them booked a, f- a few February. months. February. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is February sometime. But uh, he seems like a really cool guy, and he was talking about his experience on like making Lights Out, which was his first full movie after he made the short film Lights Out. And he just, he seems like this really cool guy. It's it's worth a listen to if you're interested in the, in small time filmmakers making it big and all yeah, that. Yeah, no, he's like the perfect example of making just a random thing on YouTube. Yeah, you think he entered it in a contest? Yeah, that he won. He did. Um, because he's been on a, a very popular uh, filmmaking kind of YouTube channel called Film Riot. He's friends with them, so he's been on their podcast and their channel. Um, the last couple of years. Right, bef- right when he started making Annabelle Creation, he was kind of with on their show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun to follow his story, and it's I think it's very relatable because we, you know, wanted to make it big as content creators. Yeah, and here we are. Making here we it are big. making it big. <laughs> Can't wait to have him on the show. I'm gonna give it a Broca. Yeah, I'll give it a Broca. I'm interested to see what he. I I've liked. I think I've liked all three movies he's made. Lights Out. I don't. Lights Out. It's not very good. Okay. I, I, I don't remember a lot from it, so I just assumed maybe it's I bad. liked it. It's okay. pretty bad. <laughs> Annabelle Creation's pretty good, and Shazam's pretty good. I haven't seen Annabelle Creation, but Shazam's pretty good. Yeah. Except the 45-minute climax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin Feige says you need to watch the Disney Plus Marvel shows in order to, in order to fully appreciate the Marvel movies coming out in Phase 4. Nice. That seems pretty kind of obvious yeah but well all these shows all are pretty obviously a lot more tied in than like the netflix shows and the abc shows were yes um just because of like the characters that are involved but yeah i'm i'm pumped for that i want to see stuff that has re- i want to see stuff on tv that has repercussions for the greater universe we're all getting D- disney plus anyway oh yeah i mean i'm i've already uh I've already talked to one of my friends about splitting a subscription of that. So because you, you can get up one subscription can go up to four screens at a time, Jimmy. That's, that's a, a lot good, of screens. That's a lot of screens. So it's worth you know splitting a splitting a deal maybe. I bet Voldemort would split it into seven screens. I'm sure he would. You'd find a way. <laughs> but it's not Voldemort you. plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give it a Bertrand because. I don't want to have to watch everything, and nor will I. So I'm not going to be able to fully appreciate Marvel Phase Four. I'm going to give it a Brokaw because I am going to watch everything. I've watched all the Marvel Netflix stuff, and that's all good, but it doesn't really connect to the movies. So Disney Plus coming out this week. It's this week. Yeah. It's, what? It's two days from now. Tuesday. What? Yeah. I didn't know it was that soon. Yep. We're watching the Mandal. We're reviewing the Mandalorian episode one next week. By oh, the way, we're going to do a Game of Thrones style. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Except I think we get two episodes this week. So we'll do two episodes. And Ford versus Ferrari, maybe. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Uh, that's for We'll talk about that later. Anyway. Uh, Colin Farrell. Okay, we're going to wrap up with some The Batman news. Ooh. Colin Farrell is apparently in talks to play the Penguin in Matt mm. Reeves' The Batman. Did you hear this? I did hear this. What that's an interesting casting Colin choice. Colin Farrell. He doesn't really fit a penguin, penguin type. 
Hmm. Can't get much more Penguin than Danny DeVito, if you ask me. But <laughs> <laughs> I think they should bring back Danny DeVito. They should. Um, yeah, I mean, Colin Farrell, he's, he's a good actor. Uh, I really liked him in, in the Daredevil Fantastic movie. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, I was going to say the Daredevil <laughs> movie where he was the ben, with the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, which is a really We bad. all know you're just Johnny Depp on the inside, Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's he's a good actor, but it's just he doesn't seem like the penguin type. I like someone more rotund, like Danny DeVito. <laughs> I think we're gonna it's gonna be a different interpretation of the penguin. Yeah, maybe at the end, right before you know he gets defeated, he'll turn into a small rotund man. Maybe they can do a lot It'll of be CGI a nice wink, wink, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink. I think it should be James Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back James Dean. <laughs> Um, and I'll tie this into the the next one. Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's cool. I like me some Andy Serkis. Yeah. I hope they CG <laughs> Alfred over him. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a mocap suit. It's just Michael. Play. It's just Michael Caine <laughs> CG'd over With Andy Serkis. Huge eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like twenty feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> we figured out what we figured out the plan. That's what he's doing. Uh, I'm gonna give it both Brokaws. I think. Yeah, they're both they're both good. I like I like In Bruges. Yeah, it's a good movie. That is a good movie. And Brokaw. I like and I like Andy Circus. Yeah, he was still haven't seen those Planet of the Apes movies. He's so. good in those. You maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's Tom's for the week. Woo. Hold on, I do have a random segment. Do you actually, Jimmy? I do. About time. It's another online quiz. Oh, my God. <laughs> another one. <laughs> I, uh, I figured <laughs> that it's another time one. So uh, I figured that since the original Shining came out in 1980, Sounds I hope, right. <laughs> that we would do a quiz about our knowledge of the 1980s. <laughs> Let's just make sure the Shining came out in 1980. I'm pretty sure it came out in 1980. Yeah, I did. Okay, we're good. So let's uh, let's do this, huh? All right, hold on. Question number one. Which president was not in office during the 1980s? George H.W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford. I know the answer. Jimmy Carter? That's not it. It's Gerald Ford. Wait, really? Who replaced Nixon. Yeah, I know he in did. In 72... Oh. To 70... I was way off when I thought Nixon was replaced. 70-something. For and some then reason, I was thinking Watergate happened 70, in the late 70s. No. And then <laughs> Carter was 76 to 80. So he would have been president at the beginning of the 80s. Okay. So Gerald Ford. And then Ronald Reagan and George... So it's Gerald Ford. Yeah. Okay. Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos' wife Imelda <laughs> supposedly had supposedly had a collection of seventy five hundred <laughs> what stuffed animals, handbags, pairs of shoes, paintings, what stuffed animals? <laughs> I don't. Is this before the whole? What's the? Was this uh, before he was assassinated and became <laughs> for, <laughs> for the start of World Ferdinand. War One? <laughs> Philippine Ferdinand Marcos' wife Imelda. I want to say stuffed animals. What are the little... What's the brand of stuff? Thai? What are they called? Beanie Babies? Beanie Babies. But isn't... What's the other main... I'm going to go with stuffed animals. Okay, what do you want to say? I'll say stuffed animals, too. Nope, it's uh, pairs, pairs of, of shoes. shoes. That's not very original. <laughs> Come on, Imelda. Oh, well. 
Microsoft Windows operating system Windows 1.0 was released in what year? Um. 1984, 85, 86, or 88? So I want to say... That's a good question. Um, I don't think it was 84. I don't think so either. I think it was. I want to say eighty-five. Cool Apple commercial. Yeah, I was that's thinking I the was exact thinking. same thing, <laughs> and that's why I want to say eighty-five. Because if I remember the Ashton Kutcher, Steve that movie's Jobs not. Movie. You watch the Michael Fassbender one. <laughs> that one's not supposed to be very accurate. <laughs> it's way better though. Yeah, it probably is. Are we going with eighty-five? Fine, eighty-five. It's right, Holden. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? The Michael cool Fassbender one doesn't. Thank you, nineteen eighty-four. Cool Apple commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that is like one of the most iconic commercials of all time. It's, it's a cool one. Now we got an ad for multi-quip push twenty-inch gasoline floor something. Why is that for twenty-seven hundred dollars? Looking at, <laughs> I do not know. Your cookies are picking up weird stuff. In 1986, what American space shuttle disintegrated after launch? Ooh, ooh it's Challenger! All of it's Challenger! Columbia <laughs> Discovery it's Challenger. Challenger inspiration. <laughs> do you remember the name of the teacher? No. McCullough? Krista McCullough? Macaulay Culkin? (laughs) Yeah, that was it. I think it's Chris. That's why he doesn't act anymore. Krista McCullough. Something. I don't know. Maybe that'll be the next question. Uh, Approximately 30 million television viewers watched which couple get married on November 17th, 1981? Uh, Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson, Joni Cunningham and Chachi Arcola. Luke Spencer and Laura Weber, Prince Charles and Diana Spencer. It's got to be the the last one, right? With Probably? Princess was Diana. That, was that in the 80s? I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah, well, I go with that one. Ooh, was, was she that 90s? She died in the 90s. Yeah, she did die in the 90s. Was she that? I want to go with that one still. Okay. Oh, oh dang it. Luke, Luke Spencer, Spencer and Laura I, Weber. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they were is. old enough. I don't either. But I hope they are happily married happily still. Happily married still <laughs> and alive. Which 1980s game show featured the whammy? Press your luck. The Joker's Wild. Double Dare. Bullseye. Whammy. Whammy. I think of Anchorman when I hear that. Whammy. Whammy. Uh, I don't know. Double Press Dare. your luck. Double Dare was like a Nick show, so I don't think it is that. Press your luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to press your luck, huh? Oh, another ad. Another ad. Jimmy, you're still going. Don't worry. Dresher ele- Elegant O-Neck Flare Sleeve for only $73.49. Well, Ooh, might have to look at that later. <laughs> what Las Vegas hotel caught fire in 1980, killing 85 and injuring roughly 700 people? I did not know about this. Um, Circus MGM Circus. Grand. Dune. MGM Grand. Flamingo. MGM Grand. I've been to Circus Circus. It's kind of sketchy. I Dunes. I Flamingo. We're going MGM, MGM Grand. Grand. Are you sure? I have no idea. Phone? I don't know. Flaming. I haven't. I bet it's. I don't. I feel like if it was MGM Grand, we'd know about it. But okay. I'll go with it. Go with so it. So I can blame you. It's right. <laughs> it was. What was the average real retail price of a gallon of gas in the U.S. in 1985, not adjusted for inflation? One dollar and twelve cents. One dollar fifty cents. One dollar seventy-six cents. Two dollars twelve. Man, this is a real reality check. Am I right, Jimmy? Inflation, oil companies. Am I right? <laughs> Political commentary. Well, didn't the price of gas increase by, all you know, a lot? in the late 70s i don't know 
I still would Jimmy, say you're like a history major. I'm gonna say a dollar twelve. Okay, dollar twelve. That's right. You're welcome. Over which country did Pan Am Flight 103 crash in 1988? Scotland, Germany, France, Iceland. I want to say Germany for some reason. I will go with Germany. It's Scotland. Ah, Dang Scotland. It, that was my second choice. <laughs> of course it was. It was. Hindsight's 2020, unlike you, Jimmy. Microsoft Project <laughs> 2019, standard open, only $639. This that seems like a lot. We're getting plugged for a lot of ads this week, Jimmy. We are. We better get paid. Not a sponsor. <laughs> what was President Reagan, Ronald Reagan's favorite kind of candy? It's jelly beans, I think. Twizzlers, Reese's Pieces, Reese's Pieces, not Reese's Pieces, <laughs> Reese's Pieces, jelly beans, I think it's M&M's. Jelly beans. What makes you say jelly beans? I think I've heard that before. It's either jelly beans or Reese's Pieces. It's jelly yeah, beans. Yeah, okay. I, we're doing better than I, than I thought we were. And the what? page just refreshed, but we're good. What? What was the first video MTV ever played? I should probably know this. Uh, Dancing with Myself by Billy Idol. You Better Run by Pat Benatar. Uh, Brass in Pocket by The Pretenders. Or Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles. I think it's the last one. I think so, too. That's right. Yeah. I, I feel like I've heard that before. Which late night news show became popular during the Iran hostage crisis? I think I know this one. Nightline, Charlie Rose, the Tomorrow Show, CBS News Night Watch. I think it's Nightline. If I, I had think, to guess. I think so, too. It is Nightline. I've seen Argo. That's a good movie. I haven't. That's a good movie. Did it win Best Picture? Yeah. I should see it. Sunglasses everyone is talking about. I don't even know what the brand is. That was the <laughs> ad. Uh, which cast member from the Dukes of Hazard was elected to Congress in the 1980s? Ben Jones, Rick Hurst, Tom Wopat. Wopat? Denver Pyle. I don't no, know. I, I don't know any of them. Just pick one, Jimmy. I'll go with your answer. Tom Wopat. Nope, it's Ben Jones. Who was not a U.S. vice president in the 80s? Dan Quayle, Walter Mondale, Nelson Rockefeller, George H.W. Bush. Well, George H.W. Bush was... I don't know any and of those I names. I think... Oh, man, this is hard. Uh, was Nelson Rockefeller was I don't remember Dan Quayle I think was George H.W. Bush's but it could have been Nelson Rockefeller I think Walter Mondale was a Democrat so I'm gonna go with Nelson oh man maybe Nelson Mandela Maybe it's Walter Mondale. What did I go with? Yeah, Mondale? Walter Mondale. Go with that one. No, nope, it's it. Nelson Rockefeller. I wouldn't know. Uh, where were? Oh my goodness, my email sometimes just opens up and takes make a path. Make sure your make sure your thing's still going. It's still it stopped going. last time. Yeah, but it was bouncing up and showing me okay, that it had well. stopped. Well, where were the 1980 Summer Olympic Games held that the U.S. athletes boycotted? Berlin, Moscow, Sarajevo, Beijing, Moscow. Okay, Moscow. Because the USSR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we're very anti-communist, you know. Not that we aren't anymore. Uh, next question. Who attempted to assassinate President Ronald Reagan in 1981? Lynette Squeaky Fromm. <laughs> She's one of the uh, Manson, Manson girls, <laughs> so it's not her. Joseph Paul Franklin. 
John Hinckley Jr. John right? Hinckley Jr. Mark David Champ Chapman. John Hinckley Jr. That was to impress Jodie Foster. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. In 1986, the United Kingdom and France announced plans to construct what? A tunnel, a bridge, a skyscraper, an aircraft carrier. A it's got to be a tunnel. I thought it was a bridge. A bridge? I don't know. Tunnel. It's got to sure? be a tunnel. I thought it was a bridge. It's a tunnel. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> is there a bridge between France and is the United Kingdom? Is there a Kingdom? tunnel? Yes, I'm pretty sure there is. Is there? You look what? At, I don't know. Well, there's a tunnel between France and the UK? Maybe. I don't know. They've been talking <laughs> about making it. There's probably a hyperloop. <laughs> uh, who was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Tina Turner, Etta James, Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross. I Aretha it, Franklin? It wouldn't be Tina Turner. Aretha Franklin? Either that or Diana Ross would be my what guess. What do you want to go with? Sure, go Aretha Franklin. That's right. Yeah. We getting another ad here? Oh, yeah. What was the top grossing movie of the 1980s? Was it Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ghostbusters, or E.T.? I bet Raiders. Was, I bet it's E.T. I don't think so. I think it's E.T. I think it's Raiders. I I think it's Raiders. It's E.T. I'm going to put E.T. And if it's wrong, it's E.T. <laughs> Fine. Because I think I've seen one of those. You know how okay. they, you know how uh, James Cameron always makes those images on twitter of like congratulations you beat my movie yeah. avengers endgame i believe spielberg made or somebody made one for spielberg about et and it was like the highest grossing movie at the time okay sure i really need to rewatch it et what war lasted from 1980 to 1988 the first intifada the iran iraq war the falklands war the sri lankan civil war you can make that decision nope uh, the Falklands War. Nope, it's the Iran-Iraq War. Okay, wasn't well, no, no. <laughs> And we're refreshing again, for some reason. Still going. Not the podcast though. We're still going. We're always refreshing, keeping it interesting. Who was Time Person Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 1984? A computer. Ronald Reagan, Boris Yeltsin, Peter Uberoth. Mikhail Gorbachev. Gorbachev. You think it's Gorbachev? I don't know. Maybe. It's not. It's Peter Uberoth. Who is that? I don't, I don't know. I'll look it up while you keep Peter going. Uberoth. You look him up. Okay. U-E-B-E-R, whatever. I get that multi-quip push 20-inch gasoline floor cleaner again. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best-selling video game console of the 1980s, Holden? Was the Atari 2600? 26... 2600 I don't 2600 is that how you say it Nintendo the NES it'd be the NES Saga, Sega Genesis or the Neo Geo it'd be the NES yep yeah. it's the NES uh, where did the 1989 Exxon Valdez oil spill occur Gulf of Mexico Prince William Sound Alaska Gulf of Iran or Guadalupe California I want to say Alaska but I don't know uh, Uberoth was an American sports and business executive known for his involvement in the Olympics and in the MLB. I, I, it doesn't really say what he did. I'm sure he did something great. <laughs> I'm going to say Alaska for this one. Are you okay, okay with go with it. It is Alaska. Woohoo! Alaska! <laughs> Cheer oh, for Alaska. Sandra Day O'Connor was the first woman appointed to the Supreme Court. That's true. Okay. I wouldn't have known that. 
Uh, two more questions, Jimmy. Uh, the 1985 Live Aid concert raised money for famine relief in Ethiopia and took place in London and what U.S. city? New York, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Philadelphia. Philadelphia? Yes. Yeah. Last question. Oh, boy, it's a baseball one. What MLB slugger is the only player to win the National League Most Valuable Player Award three times during the 1980s? Mike Schmidt, Dale Murphy, Mark McGuire, Dave Kingman. I think it's Mike Schmidt. Babe Ruth. It's Mike Schmidt. All right. You're welcome. Played for the Philadelphia Phillies. There you go. Did not know that. So we got 19 of 26 in the 86th percentile. Wow. That's so you know what? Good. That's pretty good. That's probably better than some people in the from the '80s could do. Probably. We're just that smart. For someone, for people who didn't live in that decade, we, we sure know a lot about the '80s. Lot. It's huh? probably about all that media we get about the '80s these days oh, yeah. that I don't haven't watched. <laughs> like Stranger Things. <laughs> like Stranger Jimmy. Things. All right, that's a random segment. On to the review. And we watched Doctor Sleep. We sure did, Jimmy. And that is a story about struggling with alcoholism. Oh, we're jumping right into the synopsis. <laughs> Dan Torrance <laughs> remains traumatized by the sinister events that occurred at the Overlook Hotel when he was a child. His hope for a peaceful existence soon becomes shattered when he meets Abra, a teen who shares his extrasensory gift of the shine. Together, they form an unlikely alliance to battle the true knot. A cult whose members try to feed off the shine of innocence to become immortal. Wow. Good job. Let me just start off by saying Abra is a dumb name. <laughs> Abra Kadabra. Who names their kid Abra? I think Abra's That's also a the cool name. name. Pokemon. Abra's a cool name, Holden. Wow, okay. It's part well, of her so identity. So this movie gets a Are you four making fun 10. of Stephen King? I am. It probably has fun some Stephen deep King. significance to Stephen King. And yeah, he probably. needs you to accept that name, <laughs> Holden. We didn't get the Stephen King cameo in this movie, though. That's kind of a spoiler, but <laughs> whatever. whatever. We I'll let you just don't go expect with it. it. I put I had it in my notes, and I put spoiler next to it. But okay. you ruined it, Holden. All right. Well, <laughs> if you were looking forward to that, Holden ruined the podcast. So we're equal for this week and ruined the podcast. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this movie, Jimmy? Well, I'm glad you asked because I, I have notes ready this week. Uh, for the first Just time give your overall thought. No. Why? I want to going into the. I'm going into the specifics. Okay, fine. fine. Overall thoughts. I really liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. I liked it a lot too. There, you happy? <laughs> uh, things that stood out to me. Number one, casting. Excellent. I think practically every single person in this nailed it especially yeah. the main characters uh the standouts for me were rebecca ferguson as rose the hat rose the hat she's the, the main villain. villain and i would say kylie curran as abra was also excellent she was very good i thought that was this was her uh her first performance i think she was outstanding for a child actor in a pretty demanding role yeah. that had quite a bit of range and that character needed to have it, this confidence yet vulnerability and i think she did both really well yeah. i'm excited to see her in other things um ewan mcgregor also excellent always good ewan always mcgregor could do always no wrong um a lot of the supporting actors i liked there are some people who portray certain characters from the original movie i thought 
most of them were excellent and yeah. captured the characters really well. Um, I think all of them are good, and I know which one you're going to disagree with, but I think it's the I best he can do. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I just don't think it was like I think the other ones were like spot on. Yeah, like perfectly in capture captured the roles. Um, I thought the whole true not gang, true not not is spelled K N O T E. Yeah, K N O T E. K N O T E. K N O T E. The true the true not nay. <laughs> uh, I thought their whole gang was uh, solid. A uh, very colorful cast of characters. Cliff Curtis as Billy Freeman, a uh, friend of Dan Torrance, his yeah. kind of best friend in the movie, was also he quite was a cool good. Guy. Uh, I think there's some really great visuals in this movie. I'll talk mm-hmm. about specifics in the spoilers. Um, but overall, interesting villains, compelling plot, um, and it made me care about all the main characters. Yeah. Um, did you, I don't know if you have it in your notes. Do you happen to look up differences from the book? Cause no. I have a few. No, that we can, I will talk about, about the spoilers, spoilers but yeah. I, ju- I just wanted to confirm that with you. Um, so I, what, what struck me about this movie, it's not, uh, it's not really a spoiler, I guess, cause I won't get into nitty gritty, but, um, I was, I was interested in how much this time they spent with the villains because like. I pointed out to Jimmy after the movie, like the first 20 minutes or so are like more like they spend more time with this cult than it does with Danny Torrance. Um, aside from the opening scene, um, it's a lot with them. And I was I was very surprised. I was for most of the film more interested in them, honestly, than Danny, I think. I would agree with that. Yeah. Not because Danny's like not interesting, no. just their stuff was really interesting. Yeah. In a way that I did not expect from watching the trailers for this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked really dumb. Yeah. But I I found them quite compelling. They're pretty cool. Um it's a long movie. It's over two and a half hours it long. Is. I with that being said, I was engaged throughout. We mm-hmm. went to a nine forty five showing. It's the movie started probably about ten oh five. Yeah. I was like physically tired but mentally engaged that was me too there was a couple times during the movie that i almost slumped off and it wasn't really the movie's fault it was just that it was like a slow moment and i was i was really tired but um i would get back into it pretty quickly uh i thought the score from the original film was implemented very nicely Mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't an over overuse of it. No, just the right amount. I thought I didn't really notice the rest of the music. There, well, there was like the the thumping. Oh yeah, it was a lot of like heartbeat. Yeah, which was interesting. Was it happened a lot? Yeah, it did. Wasn't it? Was it, 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 it reminded me of like like the clock ticking in Dunkirk. <laughs> a little bit, just yeah. like the the prevalence of it, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like a motif. Yeah, th- of like a if. I think it's supposed to resemble like a heartbeat. Almost. I think it's so. definitely building tension. Um, not ineffective. I don't think it was super effective either. But um, like I said, it didn't distract me mm-hmm. very much. Um, I thought this movie had a a unique like spiritual element to it. Yeah. Uh, that some Stephen King movies have and books have. Um, I thought that was just a nice touch because it it's a little different from what we get in other movies. Um, and I and I think this is a solid horror movie. I think uh, I mean there's a couple of jumps in it. I jumped quite a bit. I think a couple of them, but I think 
it relies more on the unsettling images yeah. and events. In that way, it's it's pretty reminiscent of the horror to the yeah. original Shining, um, because it, it's not like the original Shining to me isn't very scary. And I mean, I know it is for some people just because of like, but I I, I think it's a really it's a great movie, um, but it just like isn't scary to me. And so I didn't find this movie that scary either. But I definitely like there's unsettling things in it. Yeah, like I don't think I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer this type of horror. Yeah, along the lines of Midsummer and stuff like that, where it's more atmospheric, yeah, and image based than kind of just cliche like buildup of tension released with a loud noise and a there was a one jump scare or like weird loud noise in this movie that I was, was unnecessary yeah I, w- yeah I was like why <laughs> yeah wasn't it with like a light turning yeah around? it was it yeah was, uh, i like jumped out of my seat too <laughs> it was really loud i'm like did the light just make that noise it was, like, <laughs> it was this loud sting and like and like ewan mcgregor doesn't even react to it <laughs> and i'm like oh, that wasn't really necessary but i mean didn't ruin the movie for me uh those were the main positives i had um negative stuff there's a lot of it's more spoiler based i'm not gonna be really able to talk Mm. about it here some of the moments felt a little out of character for me in certain places sure later on the movie but most of the stuff i have against this movie is nitpicky overall i really liked it I was very negative going in, which is well documented, mm-hmm. I think, especially yeah. at the end of the last podcast. <laughs> I'm very Jimmy happy to be wrong. Jimmy was, Jimmy was, const- Jimmy was, Jimmy. he was constantly just like complaining about wanting to go to, or about going to this movie. He's like, oh, it's not going to be very good. Hold on. He's like showing me the Metacritic score. He's like, oh, look at this. It's only okay. And I'm like, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. We knew better. It's the best Stephen King movie this year. It is, and it has the worst trailer of any of them. Yeah, which I I can probably agree with that. Yeah, the, even though I was excited for it. They made a bad trailer for this movie. Yeah, it's no good, I tell you. Um, we sh- I I want to talk about uh the direction a little bit because Mike Flanagan directed it. Uh, he's uh he's a director I've been I've been pretty vocal about liking because he's he's done a lot of horror stuff. He did Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, which if you haven't seen, you should watch. Um, and he's also done Oculus and Hush, which me and Jimmy don't like, but a lot of people do. Um, and Gerald's Game on Netflix as well. Um, but he's he has this, like, I, I don't really know how to describe his direction. I kind of want to watch, like, Oculus and see if I can come up with, uh, like, um, a way to define it. But it's, like, I think it's, maybe it's his, he uses a lot of, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to seem stupid while describing it because I really don't know. But if you've seen other Mike Flanagan stuff, you'll definitely see his uh, influence here. I thought it was well directed, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I overall I, it makes me want to watch his other stuff. Yeah, and I'm excited for whatever he does next because it seems like he has a very solid track record. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we give our ratings and jump into spoilers? Uh, no, I'm excited to talk about spoilers, Jimmy. So let's uh, let's do that. I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10, Holden. I would wow. say it is Ooh. in my top five favorite movies so far this year. Wow. I quite <laughs> wow. enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. Wow. Well, Where are you at? That. I'm probably at an 8. 8? Eight. 8, probably. Eight, yeah. eight and a half. That's probably where I'm sitting. 
We'll decide. Eight or eight and a half. What'd you I'll put on your letterbox to come? Letterbox, I actually only put uh, three and a half stars, but I'll probably go back and put four stars. So uh, Out of four? Or out five? of five. You gave it three and a half stars? Yeah. Well, I, originally I was thinking more seven and a half, but you can't do that if you can only do stars and half stars. So I was just thinking no, I'll put three and a half so stars. So what what's your final rating I, out of I'll 10? Go, I'll go eight out of ten. How about eight that? out of ten. Well... Look at that. I ended up liking it more than you. So. What a surprise. <laughs> the joke's on you. There are a few movies that I haven't liked more than you, right? Have there been... There's been at least one. Yeah. <laughs> Scary stories to tell in the dark, even though you gave it a high rating. No, I mean, like... The score-wise, there's at least one movie I've given a lower score than you, right? Yeah, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, right? No, I gave you a, a higher rating than you. Oh, that's right. I don't know. Maybe. I think there Probably has like been. John Wick. Probably. No, I like John Wick 3, though. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Listeners, write in and yeah, let us know. <laughs> go, so go do the research for <laughs> us. Listen to all of our old episodes and uh, let us know. There's a project for you, Natalie. <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic score right now is 74%. Audience score, 91%. Metacritic is sitting at a 60. IMD, IMDb is at a 7.7 out of 10. They're all too low, if you ask me. <laughs> so <laughs> a bunch of sandbaggers you know, you know out what? there, the critics. <laughs> I'm really happy that the audiences are taking a liking to it. And I, I watched some... Uh, reviews online the other day too and it sounds like people in general are really yeah. really digging it. Chris Stuckman for all those who yeah, watch Chris Stuckman he really liked it. He did and he's a huge Shining fan. I usually don't watch reviews before we do our own review. Why don't you just kick the table? <laughs> I usually don't watch reviews before we do our review because I don't want to like twist my perception on it mm -hmm. but um, I did end up watching his and he liked it a lot mm -hmm. and I was like it validated me liking it. And you know what they say, just go seek out people just, who share your opinion. Go, just go watch the most popular film critic on YouTube and <laughs> have his opinion <laughs> validate yours. All right. Ready to go to spoilers? Yep. What should we spoil first, Holden? Um. Well, I, you already have spoiled that there's no Stephen King. <laughs> I, so I don't think that's a spoiler. It is a spoiler. <laughs> because he's only been in one movie hey, out of his recent works, and so no one's expecting it. But <laughs> That's why it's a spoiler. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's not in it. So what? It's probably he for the best. He should have been in it, it really in the background it, it, on the bicycle that he sells <laughs> to Bill. Wearing in, a clown uh, mask. <laughs> Um, another spoiler, uh, Rose the Hat gets five high there's. Yeah, okay, so her, 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 uh, her, like, catchphrase, I guess, it's not really, like, a catchphrase, but she says it a lot, uh, in the movies, she'll, whenever, like, someone, or she sees someone, she'll be like, well, hi there, or whatever. Hi there. And, uh, and so me and, Jimmy, me and Jimmy are like, well, he sh she should have just pulled a Ewan McGregor in Star Wars and been like, hello there. So, yeah. every Literally every single, all five times she said, hi there. I turned to Holden and went, hello there. <laughs> and we did not get a single hello there from Ewan McGregor. We were upset. Major disappointment. It would have been great if he did that and looked Ferguson. at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he was he was gonna write it on the chalkboard when he was talking to Abra. Um, the one moment, the one of my gripes of it, the out of character moments was uh, 
one was like I didn't think they really reacted to the deaths of the characters. Like Abra's dad dies, and she's kind of sad yeah, for that all was of weird. like twenty seconds, I, it, like, and then she, is unfazed for the rest of the movie. Yeah, because like uh, there was a one point later where I think you and McGregor brings it up to bring. I should say Danny. Danny brings it up to Abra, and she's just like, "Yeah, he died." <laughs> like she doesn't seem that sad. I did one. Also, scene the I, mom didn't. See, I mean, the mom was sad, but wasn't like, yeah, Abra's mom. I mean, um, I did like the scene where uh, Crow Daddy was talking about how, look, kid, you got your dad killed. You get all. You got all my friends killed, and the result was just the same. And look what you did. If you could have just given yourself over and your loved ones would still be alive and my loved ones would be still alive. I thought that was really interesting. That was pretty good. That, although that was one of the scenes where I was about to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'm gonna be honest, I mean, I, w- I was still paying attention. I was, I was never I was really close. I was never falling asleep. I like, I think if you looked at me, you would probably have thought I was bored just by the, I was, definitely I definitely like, looked at you and I thought that yeah. I was like, Oh God, I'm I was get out of this movie and Jimmy's going to like <laughs> hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking that too. I'm like, I wonder if Holden just thinks I hate this movie when I'm just really enjoying it right now. <laughs> um, so there's that. And also, uh, what well, Billy Freeman is the, his, he dies to Danny's friend. Mm. And that doesn't seem to really phase Danny, even no. though they've been best friends for eight years, and he's kind of been like a mentor to him. No, the only like Rose the hat when her like cult dies. That's she, that's, yeah, she, she reacts. reacts. But that's like the only reaction we really get out of character deaths. And, and Crow Daddy reacts kind of too when he's talking yeah. to yeah that frustration. Um, yeah, I thought I thought you know, but that doesn't break the movie for me. No. Um, that's prevalent in a lot of stuff, and I can overlook that. Overlook. Oh, so the the Overlook Hotel makes a return, and this is actually um, I wanted to mention some of the changes from the book. So apparently, in the book, they do go back to the site where the Overlook was, but since in the Shining book, um, the Overlook Hotel blows up at the end of that. Um, it they they <laughs> Jack Torrance is like, oh, not that Taco Bell burrito. Oh. No, <laughs> they uh they apparently um, I, well I mean it was just the Wikipedia synopsis, so I mean it's not gonna it, it doesn't make as much sense as, as as if you probably read it, but it like it seems as the the true knot like has their camp on the grounds of where the Overlook was, like hmm. that's just where they were. And so they end up going there, and so similar things happens. And uh, Jack Torrance's ghost actually helps Danny uh, uh, kill Rose at the end of the book. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, but in this movie, they actually go back to the hotel since it's more of a sequel to the movie than the book, and uh, the hotel's still there in the movie. They go back to the hotel, and there's ghosts there, and lots of references to the first movie. I thought the most the most egregious reference was like the blood elevator. I was like, yeah, why is that there? That kind of was out of place. I didn't need to she be there. Kinda she just, just kind of like, looks at it and smirks and walks away. I'm like, that didn't really add anything. Um, another out of character moment, a little bit. 
they just start shooting people. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Because like Danny's <laughs> like, never been shown to be a, like a killer. No, and his friend especially yeah, his seems friend very seems... pacifist. And so they're just like shooting these. They're just and and admitted, like, admittedly, when they kill them, they like explode into like ghost shit. But it, like they wouldn't have known that initially, and so they're just like shooting these people that look like fully human. <laughs> like, and granted, they're trying to kill a little girl. Yeah. But like, there's a difference between like setting them up and just shooting them with sniper <laughs> <Yeah>. rifles. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I was like, what? <laughs> I kind of was just enjoying it. I though. also liked just like how it showed every single one of them explode. <laughs> like, every single like of the cult members just like disintegrates. That's what I'm like. If I, when I die, I'm just going to just release a lot of gas. If you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, you can have some of my steam. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I thought it, <laughs> I was just eating it up. <laughs> Grandpa's got a fart. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I thought it was really interesting how this movie like it just like introduced it, it cements that there's like so many different otherworldly aspects to this like this world that The Shining takes place in because there's like there's ghosts there's psychic people there's like vampire people it's just it's a wild there are time. pedophiles yeah there's pedophiles <laughs> that seems okay there's another out of character moment she the so the girl uh what do they call her snake bite something snake bite Anne or something <laughs> snake bite Anne I think it's something like <laughs> something that something like that uh she goes from literally uh putting like creating traps for pedophiles to expose them to killing other people yeah like, like she goes from like admittedly there's an eight-year gap there yeah so i mean i guess maybe she is that would yeah there's an eight-year gap okay there. that was before because she got turned before the eight-year gap okay so I guess I didn't so, realize that. She yeah. doesn't look that much older. No, that's like the thing because they oh. don't age. <laughs> 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 so Jimmy didn't remember I'm a, a crucial <laughs> crucial character thing that the vampires don't age. That's kind of a flaw in the movie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like the whole part of that. Yeah, the reason why they suck the souls out of the shining people. Yeah, uh, I guess just to clarify, if you're just listening to this, uh, the spoiler section without having seen the movie, the, the true you knot, heathens. They, yeah, the true knot, they like uh, will essentially like suck the souls, kind of <laughs> like out of other sh uh, uh, people with the shining. They so, themselves have the shining, or at least some of them something do. Something like that. It's they, basically ima imagine the force is just tear gas, and you're and they suck it. it. And well, if well, and they if suck you up are tear gas and. <laughs> Like tasty tear gas. <laughs> imagine this. Imagine it's vape, <laughs> and you got a bunch of vape lords. <laughs> oh, here we are connecting with our young audience. And they, you can extract the shining from people who have it by making them endure excruciating pain, and then it just kind of they exhale it mm -hmm. out in their screams. They exhale it out their mouths, and then they like inhale then the people who are trying to take it inhale it and they get like a high off of it yeah what it looks like and their eyes get all um little like yeah <laughs> uh from detective pikachu if you remember Diddle. us reviewing that but uh so that's how that works and then when they kill them they like 
they like lock it up in a little capsule, mm. save some for save later. Some, yeah, leftovers. <laughs> Got to ration out the tear gas, the Maybe, vape. My okay, I so I I was thinking about this, and one of my one of my problems with the movie is I fail to see why after a certain after like the whole scene in the woods where they're shooting all the members, I fail to see why they're a threat. Cause like Rose the hat. yeah, cause like Rose the hat from like the moment that she like starts interacting with Abra, like Abra's already like more powerful than she is, uh-huh. and so to me it's just like I didn't feel any tension when going to like the Overlook and stuff and setting that trap for her, and even like when Crow Daddy had her kidnapped, I was like, well, Crow Daddy's not even as powerful as Rose the hat, so like. But they had her heavily sedated. Yeah, then. but I don't know. So like, and the, she was still pretty sedated by the end, right? So she I really couldn't contribute she... that much because uh, they but, ended up going into Danny's mind. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm still just like, well, why don't they just like shoot her? They obviously don't have problems killing people with guns. That was another thing I liked about the guns. I'm like, yeah, they went out because the whole time I was like, why don't you just get a gun and kill yeah. them? <laughs> and then they do. He's like, you have a couple. You still have those two guns I used to have. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I like as much as I like the villains. It just like towards the third act i was like i don't see the threat that they pose. i mean i thought rose the hat was cunning so i thought she could trick uh abra and they had tricked abra previously i mean that's how they they get her dad mm-hmm. um so uh i mean it i like obviously the good guys were gonna win yeah so um what do you think of them killing off danny uh that's I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen in the book. The book he yeah. lives, mm-hmm. um, apparently. But yeah, I it was I thought it I thought it was the, the moment where he like like sees the ghost of his mom before he dies was pretty good. Um yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. He he he'd had an arc. He completed his arc. Yeah. He's a good Pull guy. Pull the Noah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, that was a bad joke. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was fine, though. And then seeing him, he's a ghost at the end of the movie. Yeah, he's a ghost. He's a ghost, but he's all right. So but is Dad. And then Mom's like, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they sure, they certainly are. Um, my kids need my need my kid needs to be committed. That's just thinking. <laughs> just kidding. I thought it was interesting how like the parents weren't. Well, like the mom seemed to like at least know from the beginning that her. Kid, yeah, there like, were hints of it. Yeah, because she's like, Am I, "Is Papa or whatever like Granddad gonna pull through? Is he still gonna yeah. be alive after I visit when I visit him?" And he's she's, she's like. like she definitely knows that Abra has some sort of ability to yeah to know that. Do you uh do you want to talk about the all the shining references and recast characters? Sure. Let's hit that. Uh so recast characters, we've got uh Shelley Duvall's um uh whatever, I can't remember her character's name. The the mom Torrance. Mom Torrance. Mom Torrance. That actress was excellent. She was really good. Like she not only looked the part, she looked she looked a lot like Shelley Duvall, but uh she just like there there was the scene where they like recorrected the Hey Johnny or the Here's Johnny scene. Hey, hey Johnny. Hey Johnny. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Johnny. The, they recreated the Here guys. It, it was like very brief, but they recreated like her famous reaction and it was really good. It looked just like mm-hmm. I almost for a second was like is this just like the old scene? It was I was it was pretty great. 
Um, but everything she does, like the new the new character stuff with like her and Danny at home after the events of The Shining, she was uh, very good. I quite liked her. I thought young Danny was really good. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I, he looked quite a bit like the kid. Apparently, the the original kid is in the movie. Um, I think he plays the dad of the the baseball kid who dies. Oh yeah, and he's like, this kid's gonna be. That's another weird thing. Why is the kid just walking home alone after a baseball game? Yeah, I don't know. But apparent, uh, apparently that was the original Danny, who hasn't acted since The Shining. Um, Jack Torrance, Jack yeah. Nicholson's character. Um, you yeah. can't replace Jack Nicholson. No, because Jack Nicholson's performance is, is uh, pitch perfect in that movie. Um, but... Yeah, I the so I didn't realize the actor who plays him in this movie he's actually he's one of Mike Flanagan's frequent collaborators and I didn't recognize him but he's uh if you've seen Haunting of Hill House he plays the uh the dad of the family but in like the past when it's when it switches to any of the scenes in the past he plays the dad of the family and he's really good in Haunting of Hill House and he does a he does a pretty fair job of uh Jack Torrance in this movie but it's just like it's you can't replace him like as we yeah. said so and it's I, like yeah when i was preparing the notes for this episode i actually came across an article where um flanagan was explaining that cgi de-aging getting jack nicholson in that was like not ever going to be a thing he no. was adamantly against it he's like that's to him felt really ingenuine well, and, and he wanted he wanted to, he wanted an actor to play the role not to do in impersonation but just to kind of embody the spirit of the character and translate that and then and not try to do some sort of cgi gimmick or try to get jack nicholson in it yeah i saw something about him he he said that he didn't even try to get jack nicholson and well i didn't i guess i didn't see that part necessarily but i saw it because he like wanted to respect jack nicholson's like retirement and he knew like jack nicholson probably wouldn't be in into it but uh, apparently jack nicholson was like fully supportive of this sequel and everything but he just he was like mike flanagan's like yeah he's retired we'll we'll let him stay retired (laughs) (laughs) he is old um but you might have that holly the cat or whatever the cat's name was come by and sit at this bed oh yeah the cat (laughs) um the but yeah i think i i mentioned earlier in the podcast i think that's an, the what they do in this movie is an interesting is a is a good argument against having like just bringing back actors and de-aging them mm-hmm. like uh james dean and everything because we you can, don't need to no, i mean this to. movie proves it yeah all the actors the, oh the uh the uh, groundskeeper from the first movie goes the shining good. yeah the guy who they recast He's very good in this movie. He comes back as a ghost a, a few different times. And whoever did the uh, grandma, naked grandma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> excellent job. Gets a lot of screen time in a this A lot one. of screen time. For the naked naked lady in She just wants another kiss. Yeah, she does. 237, yeah. Um, yeah. I, was, I kept waiting for like him to walk into a... A hospice room? A hospice yeah, room, 237. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. And then, I don't think it happened. It never no. did happen. But it was like all, like all the, it was all like two thirty two thirty. Yeah, so I'm so like I was, I was like, waiting for it to happen and it didn't happen. Maybe which they, is good. maybe they were th- wanting you to think that it was mm-hmm. a red herring, Jimmy. A red herring. Um, anything else? 
Uh, I don't think so. It's very good. I mean, if you listen to the spoilers, then you know everything that happens. <laughs> but or I guess, uh, well, we didn't. I we didn't like. For, I guess for sure mention just like how it ends uh, and what we thought of it. What did you think of like all the ghosts coming to kill Rose the Hat? That was fine. Like yeah. I think the third act is probably my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it's. But I mean, I still enjoyed it. It yeah, it's like, I I don't really know how I feel about it because it's it it just kind of feels like oh the shining the first shining movie is just like killing Rose the Hat and then it then they take over Danny and like possess him to uh, I don't know it, it was like fine, but I didn't love it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see like Abra beat her too. Yeah, and I I felt like Danny getting possessed at the end was a little weird. It was a little weird. It felt like too much. Yeah, I don't know. The ending definitely was a little bit of a disconnect. But then they blow up the the the, the hotel, like at the end of the first Shining book. So now the Overlook is is dead for good. Hopefully. Um. Oh, I mentioned in non-spoilers that there was a certain visual that I liked. I'll mention it here before we wrap up. I really enjoyed the scene where uh, Rose the Hat visits Abra and tries to get into her mind, where she like she's like meditating, and then she's like flying over the world. Oh yeah, I first thought it's that a little was... cheesy, but then like as it goes on, it's really cool, and she's always like in the center of the frame, and she goes through all these different environments. I thought I well in extension of that, I thought anytime they did like just kind of weird like world shifting it was very it, good it was to me reminiscent of the illusions in spider-man far from home which yeah. is my favorite part of that movie as well i i really dug that part of part of this film i enjoyed all of those i and it was kind of like a mind game too yeah so i liked it a lot i did too that was really cool it made me wonder how they did it because it's pretty yeah, complex I don't know. all the uh ewan mcgregor falling on to the the, the wall <laughs> or yeah. whatever yeah how did they do it there you go. That's our spoiler review of Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Onda, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Holden, what are you doing? What am I doing, Jimmy? Well, uh, I actually don't have a whole lot to say this week. I've been pretty I beg busy. I to differ. <laughs> nice. Uh... Yeah, I guess I, I have been I've been watching some Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. Uh, kind of, I mentioned a week or two ago that I watched Total Recall, and um, as an extension of the assignment that I was writing about that movie, um, I'm now writing a at least 1,500 word review of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like filmography as a whole, and so I'm trying to get a wide berth of his different movies. And so I've seen you know I've seen like Terminator, I've seen Total Recall now, I've seen some of his good ones. And now I just, yesterday I just watched Jingle All the Way, which is really bad. <laughs> it's really, it's really, there's some, there's definitely a few really funny parts and like a couple of jokes that actually land pretty well. Cause there's like this, uh, there's this character in the movie, this whole, this whole movie revolves around Arnold trying to get uh, this like really popular, like Power Rangers type uh, action figure for his kid. And he keeps going to all these different stores and they they're all sold out of this action figure but like the action figure in the tv show his like pet lion or whatever that like lion action figure is available everywhere and they're just not selling and so at the end of the movie they're at this parade and there's like uh you know the 
the Power Ranger guy, he's there's a costume of him and he's marching around and his pet lions marching around too. And at one point he gets knocked over and all these kids just start beating him up because they're like, nobody likes you, whatever your name is. It was really funny. Um, that was probably the biggest laugh in the movie for me. Also, Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, put the cookie down, <laughs> put it down. <laughs> put the cookie down. He's screaming into a payphone while saying that. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, I also, I just started Your watching. Are dead. <laughs> I just started watching uh, Last Action Hero today, which is also not very good, but I'm only probably 45 minutes of the way through it, so I've still got a ways to go. Maybe it'll turn around, but I don't think it will. It's like kind of a parody of um, 80s action movies and what Arnold has done, but it's not like a very good parody. It's it. This subject seems like something, and I think there have been movies about it, but like something that kind of needs like the airplane treatment, like that style of parody. Um, I think there's like a movie called Hot Shots or something. I've never seen Hot Shots, but I think it kind of does that. Um, but yeah, Last Action Heroes, it's, it's not very good. And... Um, Beyond that, I've been watching South Park as I always do. I've been watching Justified as I have been. Um, oh, I just rewatched this first season of The End of the Fucking World. Um, you can bleep that out, Jimmy, because it's also Why bleeped. Why couldn't you just bleep it out when you it's said it? It's also bleeped out in the uh, the Netflix title. That's so. two bleeps <laughs> I have this week. Um, but Since you hurt your finger in the beginning. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, but, yeah, I, that show is so good. It's It's... Either you can watch the first season in like a couple hours. Each episode's only like 18 minutes long or something, and there's only eight episodes, so it comes out over over two hours. But it's it's really good. I love it. I loved it just as much the second time watching it through. And the second season just came out, so hopefully, uh, me and my girlfriend will be watching that this week. Oh, point. my girlfriend and I. Yeah, you know. That's a that's a shout out to Cole Corbot. Who does that? Yeah, he does. He does do that. My girlfriend Cole Corbot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I think that's it. It's been a busy week of mostly homework and, and concerts, Jimmy. We've concerts been going to a lot of concerts, man. Performing. Band, we've been performing a lot this week, so. Tuesday, we, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Four out of the seven days this past week. Yes. Concerts. Or Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's five. five. Okay. Sure. In eight days, though. All right. I, think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I watched the first half of Raging Bull. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I? Can I? I just wanted to mention that this can no, be. No, please s- talk for another 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I just. I wanted to mention. Okay. This. And it goes with what Jimmy's saying. I started watching the movie Mean Streets, which is Martin Scorsese's first movie he made, first full length movie he made. And it is. I. I, I'm going to finish it at some point, but it is just the most like Scorsese thing ever because it's just a lot of Italian gang members going, hey, Tony, mm-hmm. hey, walking into a room like, you know, patting each other on the back and, you know, getting into random bar fights. And it, it's, I don't like it very much. It, the sound editing and mixing is like some of the worst I've ever heard, honestly. And I don't know. It's... It's pro. It's it's objectively probably fine, and it's obviously very influential. But yeah, it's obviously better than all the Marvel movies. That's oh yeah, all I gotta obviously say. Scorsese knows what he's he's you know he's known <laughs> what he's doing from the start. Uh, yeah, I watched the first half of Raging Bull. I was just getting too tired, so I didn't. I have yet to watch the second half. I know that's like <laughs> blasphemy to a lot of people. It's probably not. It's probably um, not. I just. 
like it's well done it's very beautifully shot the editing is very hit or miss for me there seems to be some very awkward editing in there where like a a character moves like there's like i believe there's a shot where robert de niro kind of just it seems like the shot is over and then he moves his head slightly and then it cuts to a different thing and it it feels really awkward and out of place it feels like bad editing the sound like you said i i had to massively adjust the volume (laughs) in order to hear dialogue scenes when literally nothing is happening in the background Mm -hmm. like it's just two people in a bedroom and they're talk they're like whispering to each other and i'm like volume all the way up and then it's the next scene is just like boxing match and they're it's punching so it super loud. loud that i you know that i'm gonna chalk that up to like available technology I during the 1980s I, I guess but i don't like think other movies have that problem i don't i don't know like think like the shining i don't think the shining has that problem like, yeah stanley i don't know i feel I mean, stanley, I stanley Kubrick Kubrick was such more a perfectionist perfectionist yeah and he was more established at that point i guess but um I don't know. Yeah, uh, Raging Bull. So most of it, I think, is well. I mean, it's considered one of the better movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been that entertained thus far. Uh, there are s- some bits I liked, but like I s- like kind of Holden was saying, it w- feels very much just kind of Italians yelling at each other. <laughs> Overindulgence of it's, Scorsese. It takes place mainly during the 1940s, and it's just Italian americans going hey what are you doing hey joey what's going <laughs> on here huh? there's literally a scene where robert de niro is walking with joe pesci out of their brothers he's walking out of the apartment he's in after an argument with his wife his wife comes out the window and she's like what do you think you're going on what's going on he's like oh come on what do you want from me? what i can't go out in the town what's going on i'm with my brother huh? and they're like and it's it's the stereotypical 1940s italian-american experience uh, yeah. Mainly in the movie so far has been Robert De Niro being a pretty decent boxer and a horrible husband. Can't so wait. That's where Can't we're wait to at. See how, hear how that concludes. Um, yeah, so hopefully I'll, I'll watch the rest of it. Hopefully I enjoy the rest of it more. Maybe I was just not in the right mood. You mm-hmm. never know. I want to appreciate it. It's a classic. We'll see. I'll let you know my opinion. Uh, outside of that, I've been playing some Skyrim VR. Ooh. Got it this summer. Didn't play it very much until this week. Played a few hours. It's a lot of fun, Holden. Yeah. Playing with the playing on the PlayStation VR with the the Move controllers. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, a Wii remote, but with a ball on the end. Yeah. And uh, no joystick. They need to they need to make one with a joystick. Hopefully that happens with the PlayStation Five. They need to make a, a nunchuck or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. But there's a little bit of a learning curve, but it's so much fun mm. and it's very immersive. And I've told you this before, but the spiders are terrifying. Yeah, especially the big ones. They're they're the frostbite spiders. There are small ones that oh, are really? only I up. The small spiders would be. They're only scary. up to your waist. The big ones are bigger than you are and terrifying. I I was right. I cl- I was just was slashing with my sword and writhing around i could not handle it <laughs> i was right before we went to doctor sleep last night i was playing through it and i'm like oh, i've got 20 minutes left there's a cave over here i'm just gonna go check it out right before we leave i walk in what is it it's a den full of spiders <laughs> and i i took off the vr headset set it down and then turned on the tv and played it through the tv <laughs> instead of using the vr headset for most when the giant spiders are on sounds like you're just a wuss jimmy 
It's terrifying. Terrifying, Holden. Mm-hmm. But rest of the game, really fun. It's really fun. It's really fun. Wow. <laughs> uh, bow That's and arrow. You feel, really fun. you feel like Legolas man, with the bow and arrow. It's really wow. cool. You it's feel really like fun. Legolas? Legoland. Yeah. You feel like Legoland with that bow and arrow. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's so much fun. And I'm, when you shoot sure the spells, <laughs> when you're shooting the spells, coming out of your hands, pretty wild. Yeah, except it's just a Wii remote. You're a Wii remote. You're a towel. <laughs> You're a towel. All right, is that the episode for this week? Uh, I mean, I'm done. All right, social media links down below. We have another film request. Can't oh. remember what it is off the top of my is head. Is it on iTunes? Uh, I don't know if it's on iTunes yet. It was texted to me. But you can look it up. I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna look at it. It's an '80s movie. I have it on my phone somewhere. But that'll be added to the queue, which right now is Wild Hogs, then City of God, and then this movie from the 1980s is from my cousin. And he says it has the best ending in cinema history. Which, what is it? Which will uh, find it. You you say some insights. Then I'll keep talking. Up. Uh, okay. So next week. Uh, we're going to be doing the first couple episodes of Mandalorian, I guess. We'll have seen that finally. And we'll also be doing Ford v. Ferrari, I think, for our movie. Blood Debts. I've never heard, I've of, never heard of that either. Uh, best yes. ending in cinematic history, according to my cousin Nikolai Burrow. What, uh, who's it star? I have no idea. It's not going to be better than Saw's ending, though. That's all I got to <laughs> say. The best ending in cinema history. We didn't talk about the Soul trailer. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I, I thought about wa- it. I didn't watch it. Thought about talking about it, but I really didn't care. So that's why what? I didn't include what's, it. Anyway. What's... Are you okay? It's called Blood Debts? Blood Debts. Is it, is it like a joke? Because I, 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 apparently it's really bad. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if this is the movie that he's talking about, but this is the only one that's coming up. It says best 1985? Yeah, 1985. It has a 4.3 on IMDb. Hey, best ending in cinematic history. It didn't say anything about the rest of the movie. Okay, fair. All right. That's <laughs> the episode. Okay. All the links are in the description. We'll see you later. Yeah. Adios, pantalones. Love you.